eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Yards Fantasy Podcast. You're joined by me, David Davenport, and we have got a slight change in the lineup tonight. We are joined as ever by James, but Rob Hi. is now father of two. We had his second child welcomed into the world. He wanted to call her Indy, but unfortunately, yeah, he was he was overruled. So con- massive congratulations to the Grimwood family. And that means we have got our good friend, Chris Robin, in the show. How are you doing, Chris? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I didn't know. Uh, congratulations, father of two now. Yes. And Chris, how, how have you been? How's the, how's things over there in America? Obviously, you've got a very big month coming up there in America, one of the biggest months in the last eight years, arguably. So uh, how, how are things over the other side of the pond? Yeah, they're, uh, they're as wild as ever, but I kind of... Uh... I stay away from that. I'm sure you're, you're alluding to the, our election coming up uh, in less than a month now in the beginning of November, but as it stands now, October is one of my favorite months of the year. Uh, October, Halloween is here, horror movies, knives, pumpkins, all that kind of thing. So uh, I I like to keep my set, my sights set on, you know, short term instead of the longer term. So Halloween, here we come and we get a full month of, of football here. Yeah, it's great. And fingers crossed that uh, we actually get to see as much, as much football as possible because obviously we've uh, had a little bit of disruption so far. Uh, we, we were lucky last week that the Steelers and the Titans were able to reschedule their game to week seven. And obviously that the Pats and the Chiefs were able to, to move to Monday night. Uh, we've already heard that the Titans and the Bills will be pushed to Tuesday night this week, which obviously will have big fantasy impacts. So keep an eye on that one. And we're hoping, like we say, fingers crossed that that is the extent of the issues that we have so far. So, James, how are you? How are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, not too bad. It's, uh, ready for another weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, the, that, that's the thing with the NFL season. How does time take so get, go so slowly in the build-up to the NFL season? And then once we get into the NFL season, it's these weeks absolutely fly by. We're already a quarter of the way through the regular season. It is, well, the regular yeah. fantasy season, should I say. It is quite incredible. So we have already started week five. Last night we saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take on the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. And yeah, I must say, I was a little bit surprised that the Chicago Bears walk away with the 2019 victory. And Chris, that obviously has NFC North uh, impact so do you want to talk us a little bit through uh, your thoughts as a, a Lions fan about this one sure well I, I think I've said this before not maybe with you guys in the past but overall just with interactions with people on social media you know you kind of have touched on it moments ago where everything is just so built up and we spent you know we spend all week talking about football, fantasy football, real life football, rankings and stuff. So when when Sunday comes around or even Thursday, in my case, you're done, you're burned out. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't even watch much of the Tampa Bay uh, Chicago game because it was just Thursday. It's it's back to back podcasts for me doing rankings, articles and, and not to sound like a jerk, but, you know, we can get burned out really easy 
with what we're doing if we're always broadcasting or or publishing articles commenting on other people's stuff so uh this week especially just hit me kind of hard where I just like I wanted to relax have nothing to do with my phone the computer after like eight o'clock at night so uh, I, I mean I checked in on the score and everything but I didn't watch really any of it aside from a few downs but just some some things I have in my head uh yeah how is Chicago they're, they're four and one you know but they're getting it done somehow, some way, midst of a quarterback change. Early in the game, oh, Foles looked god-awful, you know, if I'm not mistaken. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong. He looked awful, and somehow, some way, they pulled this game out. Finally, it looks like they relied on David Montgomery for a change. And I've long been a DeMont fan. I think he can get it done. He got 242 or three total carries last season and it's just like I don't think Chicago knew or knows still knows what they have in David Montgomery the guy can shoulder a full workload they just got to be able to give it to him they have a, a very nice set of uh, wide receivers and in Allen Robinson Mooney's coming on a Robbins uh, Miller you know they have a a, a a talented offense you know on the skill position so uh, Chicago keeps getting it done and I know that they they beat the lions here at home uh, week one of the season. And that's, that's going to come back to haunt us, but maybe it won't. Cause I don't think the lions are going to ever win enough games this season to be in a tiebreaker mode, let's say, but uh, Chicago looks good and green Bay looks good as well. So they're on a collision course, green Bay and Chicago to meet up somewhere down the line. And I believe that's, what's going to decide the division uh, Minnesota. I, I know this isn't an NFC North, previewer looking ahead but you know in terms of the <laughs> nfc north here chicago and green bay look to be cream of the crop in the division and the rest which would be minnesota and detroit look to be you know nothing naysayers yeah and like you said nick Foles started off last night there was there was one pass in particular to alan robinson alan robinson was wide open and sailed on him yeah missed him by miles but like you said, they just got the job done. And from a fantasy perspective, there was no standouts in this one. It was just one of those games that just happened and Chicago were there. It was a business trip for them and they just got the, the job done. Uh, Ronald Jones uh, was the only player to top 100 yards. He had 106 yards on the ground and he also had uh, 19 through the air on three receptions. No touchdown for him, but still a nice enough day for running back. Uh, Leonard Fournette, he was announced as active, very close to the game. I, I, To be honest, I thought he'd been ruled out earlier in the week, but no, he was a game-time decision and he was ruled active but didn't have any involvement whatsoever. So that's just a little tip to you fantasy folks up there. Just keep an eye on those little things like that because sometimes they will just announce players like Leonard Fournette being active just to try and mess with Chicago a little bit, just to try and see if they can affect the game plan last minute, but... No, Ronald Jones continues to look good. And when London Fournette gets healthy, it will be really difficult to try and split. Uh, Mike Evans got the touchdown grab uh, from the two-yard line to add to his collection of goal line uh, catches this season for touchdowns. Uh, five receptions and 41 yards for him as well. So a nice PPR day. And Alan Robinson continues his PPR monster numbers. He had 10 receptions last night for 90 yards off 16 targets. So although Nick Foles overthrew him, underthrew him, he still managed to hit him 10 times for 90 yards. And even though Alan Robinson didn't get that touchdown, it was still a nice PPR day for him. So I think he's slowly becoming a must-start every single week, Alan Robinson there. Uh, James, Absolutely. What, what are your thoughts on the game last night? It wasn't the, the most glamorous Thursday night football game we've seen, but... Um, there was, there was still some fantasy points to be taken. 
Yeah, I mean, David Montgomery was saved by having seven receptions in PPR mode. So, I mean, he only managed 59 yards from scrimmage, but 10 were carries, seven were receptions, which meant, you know, if you had him in your lineup on what wasn't the greatest matchup, you kind of come out of it reasonably happy. Um, on the sort of, you know, other foot, uh, if, like me, you started Scotty Miller at all, um, no receptions for no yards on the basis that he also had no targets <laughs> in the game where Chris Goblin was out. Mike Evans was questionable, but you're pretty sure he was going to make it. And it effectively ended up with um, rookies taking it. Well, AJ Howard was missing as well, but, you know, I was kind of expecting a little bit more than uh, what we got. <laughs> so Tyler Johnson, the rookie, was their top receiver with 61 yards on four receptions, but that it was it was one of those where the game script looked written for Scotty Miller and it was it's just no one read it. No, I I went to bed at seven nil to the box and I thought the yeah, easy win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and woke up and was really surprised by the scoreline. So an interesting one there, and like you say, just those little anomalies with Scotty Miller getting no targets. Just what's going on? Come on, sort it out. Let's get some pers- persistent fantasy numbers. But that is Thursday Night Football out of the way, and we very quickly turn our heads towards the matchups this weekend. So, as usual, on our Friday podcast, we will each take it in turn to name a matchup, two each in total, and we will just talk about the prospects in that one there. So, as the guest of the show, Chris, would you like to take us away? Which matchup would you like to preview for this Sunday? Or even- Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know uh, we talked prior to this, you know, a few messages and I picked two absolute barn burners, as I told you. Uh, The first one I want to talk about, the Los Angeles Rams are in Washington to play the Washington football team this Sunday. Uh, The Rams are three and one. Washington is one and three, two teams that look to be trending in opposite directions. And the only reason I wanted to touch on this one briefly is because uh, it's going to have massive fantasy implications, but for all the wrong reasons, if that makes any sense. So Washington, they have a fantastic defensive line. That's as it stands now, that's really not a surprise anymore. They got some big bodied kids, uh, all first rounders. And the, the first round picks date back all the way to 2015, if my notes serve me correct. So if you look at a defensive line, what is, what is a defensive line supposed to do? They're supposed to get to the quarterback and they're supposed to tackle the running back. So in turn, we switch our attention to the Rams running backs. It looks as if Cam Akers is going to play this weekend. They already have Darrell Henderson Jr., who has looked to be their lead back in absence of Cam Akers. And then, oh, you have Malcolm Brown in there, too, who's put up some RB1 numbers for their team specifically. So you have an instance here, and this is all a personal opinion of mine, kind of a gut feeling. You have three capable running backs, Akers, Brown, and uh, Henderson. They're they're each going to get, let's say, uh, seven or eight carries for Akers. Brown is going to get nine to ten. Henderson is going to get 11 to 12. They're all going to do nothing with their carries, and it's just going to be uh, like a a mind freak out for, for the fantasy player that's going to say well who are we going to start this game right they're all going to as i've said they're going to average an awful like three 3.3 yards a carry they're each going to get you know 30 to 40 yards and they're all just going to be taking away from each other and we're going to be left holding our hat who should we have started I'm, i'm telling you now i'm not starting anybody from that from that running back uh spot and i implore you to do the same thing and if you look at at 
at the Washington side of ball of the ball in my notes, it says that Washington, they're averaging, they're giving up 129.8 yards on average this season to opposing running backs. And again, all three of those backs could get to 129 yards cumulatively, if that makes any sense. So as I've said, each guy is going to get, let's do the math. Each guy is going to get 35 or 40 yards. There, there goes your 129 on average that Washington gives up. It's going to help nobody leave it alone. And then on the Washington side of the ball, they've made a, a quarterback change. Dwayne Haskins is out. He didn't, they didn't even put Dwayne uh, at, at quarterback number two on that team. They put him all the way down at, at quarterback three. So Kyle Allen comes in here now and he is a, an absolute turn, turnover machine. So in an odd way, I would feel cool starting the Los Angeles Rams uh, DST, you know, interceptions, fumbles, because Kyle Allen does a lot of that. His last seven games that he played last season for Carolina, he had 15 turnovers alone, whether it be fumbles or interceptions. And three of those were lost, taken back for a touchdown, if my memory serves me correct. So uh, Kyle Allen is not good with the football. He turns it over. He, he coughs it up uh, at any given moment. So uh, start the Rams DST start Terry McLaurin I mean he's uh, is he matchup proof at this point maybe that's a question better served for for another show or another broadcast but uh, it, it has all these these weird intricacies here in this game where nobody on paper it looks like to be a boring game but this is one of those games that excites me to see a defensive line play well and to watch three running backs who everybody is over the moon for not do much and it's kind of a uh, uh, I hate to fast forward to Monday, let's say, or next time I'm live with you guys, but kind of a, a told you so in terms of, of three very capable running backs that are, aren't going to do anything on Sunday. Yeah, well said there, Chris. And like you say, it is just a minefield. And even with the tight ends, we, we've had Higby in week two where he put up three touchdowns, put on massive numbers. And all those Higby truthers were like, yes, this is this is now our time. And the weekend just gone, it was it was Gerald Everett that got the well, it was a it was a carry from the from the two yard line. It was it was one of those, and it just all seemed to go wrong for for fantasy owners last weekend with uh, Everett getting the touchdown and and Higby not doing much. So but you've got to look to Sean McVay and he's had, a, he's had an off year last year and he's come back this year and he's just trying different things. And if we can't predict it, who's going to get the carries, who's going to get the workload, it means the NFL defense can't predict it, which means that they've got more chance of winning the matchup, which ultimately Sean McVay does not care about your fantasy football team. He cares no. about the Los Angeles Rams getting to the Super Bowl again and, and trying to win. So I think sometimes... We, we look at targets, we look at carries, but if Sean McVay wants to mix it up as much as possible, he's going to make it as difficult as possible for us fantasy owners because it makes it difficult for the opposing NFL defense, which ultimately is his job to do. James, any thoughts on that one? Um, nothing much. The only thing I'll add is that um, Antonio Gibson finds himself in a better spot, I think, with Kyle Allen at quarterback than Dwayne Haskins because the check down to the running back, I think, is going to become a bit more common. Um, and I know you touched on tight ends with you know Higby Everett. It's probably I think it's Washington's weakness. If you look at the def their defense is actually pretty good, but the they struggle against tight ends. So there may be it could be one of those games where both Higby and Everett score. I know there was a point of the middle of last season where they both played and they just swapped around who was relevant, which is why you could never play either of them. Um, but 
I get sort of that feeling that one or the other of them is maybe going to have a decent day tomorrow because you'd expect the balance should be towards the Rams, but it's just figuring out where they're going to poke through. So that's my guess anyway. Hmm. Wonderful. And James, while you're on the microphone, would you like to take us through your pick for the weekend? Who have you got? So my first pick here is the Bengals at the Ravens. So um, you would have thought that this would be a bit of a mismatch. And in some ways it is, but the Ravens haven't looked like the old dominating, conquering force that they looked last season. And while the Bengals still don't look fantastic, they do look better. Um, so we're talking, well, we're basically at the moment, the two quarterbacks are almost in opposing trajectories. It's Lamar Jackson looks to be struggling compared to previous years. And obviously Joe Burrow's come in as a rookie and he's just growing from strength to strength week on week. Um, I'll start with the Bengals side at the moment. Um, Joe Mixon, he's been, he had his breakout week last week. When I say breakout, I mean, you know, his sort of welcome to the 2020 season. Uh, but the Ravens are one of the top 10 against the run and it's probably going to be tough sledding. Um, so I said last week about selling Mixon and, uh, you know, I've got, you know, I've got to say I'm not confident in him this week. Um, but that of course means that you've got to have a little bit more confidence in the wide receivers. Um, so not AJ Green, but I feel pretty decent about Tyler Boyd's chances and T Higgins, I think might find the end zone again. Um, if only, I mean, to be honest, I wish they actually CJ Ozoma hadn't got injured because I think he might have had a de- it would have been a good game for him to um on Sunday, but alas, no. And Joe Burrow, I think, is one of those that might soon become matchup proof. You just play him, um, he's got the ability in games where it's tough, and then also, you know, if they are up against it properly, he's gonna have to throw the ball. Um, the longer Mixon's ineffective, the better Burrow becomes. Um, swapping over to the Ravens. Um, Lamar Jackson had two missed practices, I believe, this week. It was either missed or limited, but I'm pretty sure they were missed. But it was back to full on Friday, so don't worry about his availability. Um, it wasn't COVID-related. It was a minor knee thing, but he says that he's 100%, so don't worry about that. Worry a little bit more about his you know, fantasy performances recently. He's not run the ball an awful lot. He's not been able to be quite as effective. He's, you know, People like Marquise Brown have been struggling because even you know, the passing game's not there. It's been very much through the ground, but they've still managed to get it done. Um, Mark Andrews is probably the, still you know, the main offensive piece to have there. The running back game is still too unpredictable. There's still Ingram might get goal line work. Dobbins could get work. Gus Edwards still looks effective. So it's another sort of three-headed monster where you are, you know, picking straws. So I don't really advocate playing any of them at the moment, to be honest. But Marquise Brown, this could be the week where he either breaks out or he ends up on the waiver wire for a lot of teams. Um, this is a match where he has a true ability to, you know actually put up some decent points uh, and if it's not this week I feel like this is when you start to lose patience and you just rely purely on Andrews getting the catches so it'll be an it'll be an interester I don't think this is you know I don't think the Bengals are as much of an underdog as the odds are saying I haven't got the numbers in front of me at the moment but yeah this could be an interester. Chris what are your thoughts on that matchup Bengals? Versus- yeah I've uh it, it, it's what's odd to me is you mentioned Lamar Jackson and I've had several uh, 
personal mess like D, uh, DMs or private messages of P, of other fantasy owners, kind of not in a panic, but what should I do? I received an offer for Lamar. Should I? And I, I'm if I owned him, I'm trying uh-huh. to sell him away in any and all formats, given you know the return that I've that I've been seeing. You know, people have been messaging me and saying, "Hey, uh, a guy offered me uh, Mixon and Mike Evans for Lamar Jackson." I mean that that that's mm-hmm. unbelievably a, a smash accept for me. And that's only because is it, it's kind of a risk reward kind of thing with Lamar, right? Is he, as you said, he was limited or didn't practice twice. It's just a a minor knee injury. As you said, nothing crazy, not, not COVID related, but our, our team's starting to figure him out. Is he already, you know, at the end of his rope in terms of being an MVP caliber running and, and throwing the ball like a madman quarterback. So uh, that's just a personal opinion of mine. If I own him, I'm looking to sell him in any and all formats here. James, you disagreed, did you? It, well, if you're going to get offers like Mixon and Evans, yes, that is a smash accept. Um, it's, it's, one, it's one where if you get a good offer, you know, like that for him, quarterback is very easy to stream these days almost more so this season because you know you can't even guarantee that your you know your every week quarterback is going to be available every week or is going to you know not have an opponent that drops out due to covid each week so streaming quarterback is almost a better plan um unless you just hit on someone who just seems to be able to run through a season which you know justin herbert even could this season potentially but um yeah it's I sort of say don't panic if it's a league like, you know, two QB super flex league, I wouldn't like panic and just take the next offer that comes in or, you know, take less than the value that you would have accepted before he started the slide. But the odds on decent offers coming in are probably better now than ever. And if you do get something in, no, I'd actually agree with taking any decent offer like that, to be honest. I would rather have someone like Josh Allen on my team right now, but I think a one for one on that probably would get rejected nowadays. Well, let me I'm glad you mentioned Herbert because two of the three messages I got, they said that these owners say, well, I added Herbert off the waiver wire. Right. And he and he's been that's the play. You got Herbert off the waiver wire and, you know, you, you drafted Lamar Jackson, you added Herbert off the waiver wire. And then all these fantastic offers are coming in for Jackson, you're going to take it. And again, but it's not a panic sell in any way as the Lamar Jackson owner, you still own, you still own all the cards. You're still in a power of position, right. To, you know, pick and choose who you want to receive back for him. So not saying a panic seller, just sell them for, for pennies on the dollar as the Lamar owner, you still have all the power. So it's a good situation to, to be put in. I would like to think on a fantasy team owning Lamar, adding Herbert, let's say off the waiver wire. So you're able to, you know, command anything you would want at this point in the, in the season. Do we think, the Bengals have got a chance of beating the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, could be. Yeah, very I, I wouldn't say it's like better than 50-50, but I would say it's nearer to 50-50 than 75-25 to the Ravens, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'd, I'd give them a decent shot. If the Ravens are probably... that, If it wasn't for how good their defense is, I'd be feeling a lot more confident about this. But, you know, it's... It's one. It could be one of those coupon busters for people with accumulators. That's that's sort of how I'll put it. Yeah. Well, David, check check this out real quick. So I have Burrow. Uh, I write a, a weekly DFS article, bottom of the barrel, 
and I have Burrow in as one of my my plays, like a you know like a cheapy quarterback option to fill in with some of the stud running backs. And if you look at it, Baltimore's they're allowing six point two six yards per drop back by a quarterback, while Burrow every time he completes a pass, it's about an average of 9.7 yards. So we're looking at almost a four point differential there. So something has to give on Sunday and it's going to be one of the, one of these games where we're going to see what, what Burrow is made of. We'll see what the kid is all about Sunday in Baltimore. And I, I'm super excited to, to see this one. So James, very nice pick uh, on discuss, wanting to discuss this game. Very much so. Very, very much so indeed. And we've already talked about uh, coupon busters as we described them. And I'm going to go for the Los Angeles Chargers at the New Orleans Saints on Monday Night Football. And I looked and the Saints are tipped to win this as favourites, 77.6%. And I I don't quite understand where that's come from because Justin Herbert has come into the lineup for the Chargers. And I've been very impressed with him as a rookie in very early days. Yes, I know the Chargers have lost Austin Eckler and they've lost some key pieces off the defense as well. But the Saints have hardly been the the Saints that we've seen in previous years. Drew Brees has got a complete inability now to throw the ball more than 20 yards. I think the Saints are (laughs) favorites, but they haven't got the advantage in the the Superdome that they have in previous years because obviously the lack of crowd. And I think... A percentage of 77% favourite is is one that I am... I'm going to be back in the charges in this one here. But anyway, this is a fantasy football podcast, so let's turn our attentions to that. So Anthony Lynn has seemingly committed now to Justin Herbert for the rest of the season and beyond after the comments that he've made to try and... I, I don't know what he was trying to do there, but uh, he's, he's angered many people there in the, in the football community, not just in the charges land by the comments that he's made um, about Herbert. Well, not necessarily about Herbert, but about the team's performance and not trying to praise Herbert when he's he's played well in losses. But uh, yeah, he's committed to him for the season now. And the rookie, he's he's not played all of the snaps of the season, but uh, he's just shy of a thousand yards, five touchdowns, although he has thrown a three interceptions there. But he does come into a matchup that is favourable for quarterbacks this week, especially considering that Mashaan Lattimore, Malcolm Jenkins, Janoris Jenkins... In the, in the secondary for the Saints are all questionable for this game, that they're all, they're all battling injuries. He's got a real opportunity here to fling the ball around. The only problems that I've got with the Los Angeles Chargers, I'm, I'm starting Herbert, by the way, but the only problems that I've got are who is he going to throw the ball to? Obviously, Keenan Allen is a start. He is a PPR monster. He is, he's been absolutely incredible this season. But we, we spoke about this on the podcast earlier in the week with the, the three players that, that caught the touchdowns last week. It was one target, one reception, one touchdown, each of those. Again, that is, it's, it's a similar conversation to the, to the Rams running backs, but even worse because you, they're not guaranteed the work. So really difficult one to choose there. And apart from Keenan Allen, I'm not starting any Chargers pass catches this week. And similarly, at the running back spot for the Chargers, it is a difficult one because the carry split last week was not great. After Austin Eckler got injured after his two carries, it was uh, nowhere near what we wanted. And Justin Jackson got six carries compared to Joshua Kelly's nine. And <laughs> Justin Jackson got 1.5 yards per carry compared to Joshua Kelly's 0.8. And again, this is against the Buccaneers run defense, which we know is an extremely good running defense. But neither of those are filling me with confidence to start against this New Orleans Saints. Until whilst Austin Eckler is out, we can see a clear 
toucher of the ball who is going to be getting 15 to 20 carries. I am not starting either of those. But on the flip side, we turn our attention to the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees. I love the guy. He's had such a great career, but he is not worth energy in fantasy right now. It's a difficult matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers, who are conceding the only the 24th most points to, to fantasy quarterbacks this season. So it is a tough matchup for the for the for Drew Brees, especially considering that Michael Thomas, who is trying to come back from his high ankle sprain, he is still listed as questionable for this one. High ankle sprain is one of those. We saw it with Saquon Barkley last year. We saw it with Alvin Kamara. It, you struggle. You come back from this injury, but you're still not 100% effective. Players have a tendency to come back too soon because they try and do too much too quickly. So I am not trusting Michael Thomas, even if he does start. And with the difficulty of this being game being on the Monday night, if Thomas isn't a go, then you are really stuck for fantasy options if he doesn't go. You've got to then look to one of those Los Angeles wide receivers to see if you can try and pick out the one that's going to go off. But don't be afraid to, to get a goose egg if you can't go with Mike Thomas. You have got the added bonus of the, the Bills-Titans uh, game on the Tuesday night as your safety net. But even that, I am not wanting to risk having to rely on players to start in that one. So... Michael Thomas, it doesn't sound great, but I am not risking playing him this week. I want to see him come back. I want to see him play. I want to see him get in production before we go back. And equally, Emmanuel Sanders, he has not impressed me. He's starting to get that chemistry with Breeze, but he has not impressed me as much as I thought he was going to do there. So I am I am reluctant to start him. Jerry Cook, it's a great matchup for him against the Chargers, but he is questionable headed into this one. So... Is it going to be a Troutman game? Is it going to be a Hill game? Is it going to be a Cook game? We just don't know. There are too many question marks around the New Orleans Saints apart from the running back position. Alvin Kamara is a must-star. If you're considering dropping him, then you are crazy. He is a must-star every <laughs> single week. And Latavius Murray, he featured in my trade four article this week, particularly in redraft leagues, because he will be 31 uh, by the time January rolls around. But we saw in New Orleans a couple of years ago, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, they produced both produced top 10 backs there. And if we can see Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara used in the same way throughout the season moving forwards, especially with Breeze's arm getting weaker and weaker, I think Latavius Murray is in for a great rest of season. However, it is a tough one um, for them there. So I, I'm, I'm reluctant to start Murray this week, but start Kamara at all costs. Chris, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, I, I, I read your article. I loved it. Latavius Murray has long been a favorite, you know, uh, handcuff. Would you call him a handcuff? Or the, the guy has some standalone value. And I did my best to give people a heads up going into week four when he scored twice. L Murray was in my, my bottom of the barrel article and lo and behold, he scored twice. So I look like a genius, but uh, <laughs> I like of this game. I know uh, I'm with you. Keenan Allen is a must start. I like Hunter Henry this week too, at their, at their tight end position. Uh, they've been New Orleans, And I say they new Orleans has been hit. has just been gashed by tight ends and Hunter Henry. I have him in my projects in my rankings. I have, he's in my top 10. He's like, five or six as it stands now. I have him for about seven targets, six receptions, 75 yards and a touchdown. If we're going to get wild with a tight end, I'll go out on a limb and say he, he scores a touchdown this week. And so I'm a big Hunter Henry fan there and everything else very well said. I agree with you there. Wonderful. James, anything to add for the Los Angeles Chargers at the New Orleans Saints? 
Yeah, I'm. I I back the Hunter Henry call because the Saints are thirty first out of thirty two against tight ends, I believe. So I agree. Uh, and the only other thing I would say with Michael Thomas is the Saints are on bye next week, so I have a high suspicion that they will not play him this week and give him another two weeks worth of rest. Um, I know it's a game where they would like to have him in the lineup, but I think if you risk him in this game and then lose him rest of season, you really kick yourself hard. So I think they will try and manage without him. So I'd sort of not plan for him to be there, so to speak. But um, yeah, the sort of, you know, alternate options, if you do go down that route, aren't the prettiest, to be honest. Okay, Chris. So who is your next game that you would like to feature on today's show? This one is is going to be pretty fun for a couple odd reasons uh, per usual with me. That's not normally how it goes. I love the Indianapolis Colts at the Cleveland uh, Browns this weekend. And again, for all the wrong reasons. So coming into this game, the Cleveland Browns are, are starting to, you know, gel. and They're starting to hit on all cylinders. I think it comes to a, a screeching halt this weekend, uh, even at home, as they welcome in the Colts. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Odell Beckham, they're in for bad games. And it's just, I have some, not, I have more than sneaking suspicions here. I got some stats and numbers I want to throw out to you and we'll see if if they make any sense. So Indianapolis is only allowing 9.5 total fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, right? And Baker has, it looks like he's, he's gained some momentum. He's picking it up more. Last season, he was he's was an absolute turnover machine. I think his, his touchdown to interception ratio was, was God awful and something had to change. And if you look at, you know, a guy like uh, Beckham jr, they, they want, they try and do everything they can to get him going in last weekend. He did, he scored twice, but I think that what he did last week and what that offense did uh, that other teams and defenses will catch on very quick because if you notice the one touchdown, actually, I think both of them were, were kind of in the, the fluky kind of mo- mood where they, they pitched it to Landry Landry threw this weird bullet rope to uh, Beckham in the end zone. And then Beckham's second touchdown was the, the definition of a fluke where they, they pitched it to him. He ran 20 yards, the wrong direction, and then somehow zigged and zagged his way to the end zone. So you can't rely on plays like that to make your hay, if that makes any sense with you boys. So I, I, I firmly believe that they're going to be, you know, back to the same old Browns. Nick Chubb is on the IR. He missed uh, the, the mostly the entire game. And in his stead, Dearness Johnson came in. I know there was a lot of uh, glitz and glamour about Johnson being added on the waiver wire this week. And I'm one of the guys in his camp. And I, so I'm going to say rightfully so people added Dearness Johnson within reason. If you're in a fab league, I had uh, one league, it's a charity league. I, it might've been the Ryder bowl. You know, I was asked to, to join with uh, some of your fellow uh, UK friends over there and someone added him for $110 in like a, a $150 fab league. Someone added Dearness Johnson for $110. So I'm not advocating for that, but I'm just saying Dearness Johnson is going to get some run here. And obviously we know uh, what Kareem Hunt can do. He's going to be the featured back. Uh, the Boom. The minute uh, excuse me, the minute Nick Chubb went down, uh, people just went went nuts over Kareem Hunt. Finally, this guy is going to see some, you know, major workload. We're going to put him in our in our top five in our in our overall running back rankings or dynasty rankings. You know, that's just how 
I've noticed social media, fantasy football, social media goes, it's, it's super hyper reactive. It's almost uh, toxic in a way people just rush to judgment and, and, and those same people give out, give out and give away very negligent advice. So, uh, Kareem Hunt is a very good running back, and it's it, it's yet to be seen what kind of numbers he can put up in Cleveland as the as the lead back. And moving on really quick to the the, the Colt side of the ball, uh, I came across this stat earlier this morning, and T.Y. Hilton is for all intents and purposes, they're wide receiver one. And this guy hasn't put up a wide receiver one week, and I can't even remember. And the stat that I came across is T.Y. Hilton has gone 15 straight games without 100 or more uh, receiving yards. The last time he received 100 yards or more was in 2018. Andrew Luck was the quarterback when that happened. So that's how far back we're going. And, and excuse me, not Andrew Luck, but T.Y. Hilton is one of those guys. He, I hate to be to say that I have like a do not draft, do not own kind of list. But if I, let's say if I did guys, T.Y. Hilton would be on that list. He's just hell to own. Uh, so many soft tissue injuries, uh, kind of like, as you were saying in the first broadcast, David, you know, Leo Fournette was active. And then at the last second he was inactive and he screwed everybody. If you even had the stones to start him, T.Y. is the same way. He's questionable. Then you sit him, he plays and it's just vice versa. And it's just awful. So on the, for the running backs are JT is, is the, the, the guy in town there. And I know uh, last week people were started to freak out at, you know, that same old toxic Twitter environment, as I told you about where's J Justin, or excuse me, uh, where's JT, where's JT, Jonathan Taylor. He was nowhere to be found. They worked a couple guys in Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins in there. So uh, I don't think it's a, uh, kind of, as I was saying with the Rams, where you don't know who's going to get all the touches. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is the guy. They're going to give him a ton of work this Sunday. So I wouldn't worry about him. And what do we do with Phil Rivers? You know, he was, unless you're in a deep league, he's, he's on your waivers. In a 10-team league, even a 12-team league, standard scoring, let's say, or a one-quarterback league, Phil Rivers uh, is on the waiver wire or he's on your bench, and rightfully so. So uh, I'm excited to see what this game has in store. Uh, I don't mind going out on a limb here and saying I do believe the Colts will win in Cleveland, and it's just going to be a bad day for Baker Mayfield and that, that passing attack there. And it's going to, uh, hopefully, if you if you watch, Watch this broadcast or you read some of our content you'll you'll be forewarned you, you'll know ahead of time you know maybe to temper your expectations with the with the Cleveland Browns skill position players David yeah it's it's a funny one and an OBJ he's there's no doubt that the guy's got talent but like you say those fluke plays where people will have seen the fantasy numbers that he put up last week but like you say the fluke plays where they are not going to happen every single week uh, he's he's been very hit and miss. Baker Mayfield, we we can't rely on Baker Mayfield week in week out. And Kareem Hunt is battling injuries himself, so he he's had a groin injury, which we believe that um, he struggled to play through against the Cowboys. So we're not going to see. It's going to be interesting to see whether we get a full workload from him this weekend. So temper those expectations. He could go off. He could be exceptional in that in that backfield, but temper those expectations and don't rely on him to be to be a week, weekly matchup winner for you. And in a way, it's a. You know, I understand what I'm saying. I'm hearing what I'm saying out loud, and it is kind of an odd occurrence because it's it's Odell Beckham. 
if you drafted him or you traded for him and he's on your team, don't, I'm not saying to get cute and, and bench him. I'm just saying, you know, a lot, what you just said, temper your expectations. He's not going to score 13 times in a game. He's not even going to, you know, it, it's very uh, fluky occurrence is what I'm saying. So, you know, hold your horses on a guy like uh, OBJ. Exactly. James, any thoughts on that one before you take us into your second game? Um, well, it's one of those immovable object versus unstoppable force games, but the unstoppable force has lost one of its major forces in Chubb. And when Indy's defense are ranked first against QBs, uh, fourth against running backs and ninth against wide receivers and first against tight ends, I don't want to be playing a lot against them unless I feel forced to either by price tag a la hunt or by the fact that i have nothing else on my bench you know such as having too many people on by but moving on to my second pick which i have what i'm hoping might be a shootout which means i've guaranteed it to be 10-7 and that is the jags at the texans so now there's no real injury news on this apart from a lot of the Jags' defense is questionable. A lot of their sort of young and decent pieces, such as, you know, rookies this year, CJ Henderson, uh, Miles Jack, who's been fantastic for anyone who plays IDP, and Josh Allen, who's one of their, you know, key players on defense, they're all questionable. And they were probably the bright sparks for this whole team. And with them out, this becomes a bit of a score fest, potentially. So long as people like Will Fuller don't get injured, midway through the game um in terms in terms of the jags uh james robinson has been you know that the undrafted free agents revelation who if you picked him up on waivers uh congratulations you are now in a power position you never believed you had because some of the trade offers i've seen for him have been incredible um but with the texans 28th against the run and quite frankly abysmal he should be able to run riot um when the Texans are also, you know, meh against wide receivers, Gavin Minshew has a chance to have quite a decent game. I've seen some people say that it's a bit of a trap, but I'm not buying it because DJ Shark should be playing. And when Shark and Minshew are on the field together, the offense seems to be able to do good things. Speaking of good thing, doing good things, LaVisca Chenault is also, you know, his ascent is rising. Well, his ascent is rapid. Try use some English here, <laughs> and um, Chenault is starting to look like a player that you may be able to plug in most weeks now. He's he's developing very nicely in this offense. Um, yeah, don't worry about tight ends in this team. It is very much about the wide receivers and James Robinson. Don't worry about playing either defense in this matchup because, quite frankly, you're going to be in negative numbers. Um, in terms of the Texans, Deshaun Watson hasn't been. I don't think he's been top eight all season so far. And people, you know, people who drafted him as, you know, the fourth or fifth QB off the board are starting to, you know, get that, you know, twitch that bit worried about him. This game has all the hallmarks of being a matchup that he can shine in. You know, the Jags are 21st against QBs. And let's be honest, with some of their key pieces injured, he has a chance. Um, it's very much just the wide receivers there where, you're relying on Will Fuller to be able to maintain health all through the game. You're relying on Randall Cobb or Kenny Stills or one of the tight ends being able to you know, pitch in. 
uh, or you're relying on Brandon Cooks to do what he didn't do last week and actually catch a ball. <laughs> so um, I'm sort of Brandon Cooks. Let's be honest. If he doesn't do it this week, he really is waiver yeah. wire fodder at best. Um, in terms of the running game, David Johnson has a decent shot at putting up some points this week. He's not had the greatest season, let's be honest, but he is still their primary option. And the Jags haven't been good against the run, so he is a pretty fair shout in this. And if you are in a deeper league or you are really struggling for running back depth in what is a really difficult year, I think, if you're sort of having to start two or three running backs in a league, um, Duke Johnson is actually you know a possibility this week. I've had to sort of call on him as a reinforcement in some leagues. And while it's not the most comfortable, it's a matchup where you can probably support both running backs. So, yeah, I'm hoping this is the shootout game, which means I've probably condemned it to being sub-25 points. It could go either way, this one. Like you say, it's, it's got the potential, but it, it could go either way. And I think the Sean Watson is due that get-right game, especially now Bill O'Brien's back. It's the first game without him. I think the Texans will have a little bit of a point to prove. So it could be the one where they just crack on and say, you know what, let's go, let's roll, let's get that first one on the board. Chris, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I I drafted Deshaun Watson in a dynasty league, and I've been riding with him since day one. And he's just had an absolutely brutal schedule to start the season in Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, you know, back to back to back. Watson is going to be fine. You know, the talent always wins out. And to support James's uh, bonanza call, uh, Jacksonville at Houston, the over-unders at 54.5. The only other game on in week five with a higher over-under is Vegas at Kansas City at 56. So all the makings are there, James, for a shootout. I'm with you. So considering considering my calls of late, smash the under, people. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, we head into the Steel City where the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And with this one, Pittsburgh Steelers, heavy favourites at 67.5%. But I think we've got some interesting, I think we've got some interesting players here. Uh, the Steelers, is uh, they've got some decent wide receivers there this year. And it's going to be a little bit difficult to, to pick them out. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is, is leading the pack. He's, he's clearly the, the, the veteran there now, which we never thought we'd say in about his uh, the fourth year there. But he is he's that great guy. They've moved him back into the slot now so they can have Deontay Johnson out wide. It's, it's looking really good. And I really like what they've got going on there. So I think Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster are starts this week. Chase Claypool, the guy's talented. He had a, he had a great touchdown grab a couple of weeks ago. But he's, he's going to be one of those players where it's going to be a little bit random. It's going to be hard to judge. So I don't think he's an every week starter. Uh, Eric Ebron has got a fantastic matchup this week. Philadelphia Eagles have shipped the second most points to tight ends this season. Of course, when you play George Kittle, that's always going to happen. Uh, they obviously leaked points to George Kittle last week. So Eric Ebron is going to rely more on that end zone work and, and getting those touchdowns in there. But uh, expect him to have a, a decent game as well. James Conner, he has had a week to get right. It was an unexpected bye week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They wouldn't have expected to, to have that bye last week with obviously the game getting postponed against the Titans. So James Conner, it's just another week for him to get healthy. As we know, the guy is talented. Uh, he's got an okay matchup. It's not the best one he's going to see all season, uh, but they're still allowing 108.8 yards on the ground to running backs. 
and he's going to get the majority of those as long as he stays healthy throughout that game. I feel like it is a little bit of a ticking time bomb with James Conner, but if he's had a week to get healthy, he, he has looked good in the games that he's played so far. I am starting him. And Big Ben, it's not the greatest matchup for him. Uh, still, uh, Philadelphia Eagles give up the 24th most points to, to fantasy quarterbacks. So, yeah, he's, he's a quarterback too in Superflex League, but I'm not rushing out to start him in one QB leagues. On the other side of the ball, though, we've got Carson Wentz. It's not been a great start to the season for him. He's thrown seven interceptions to his four touchdowns. I am mm. not starting for Carson Wentz this week. No. Miles Sanders. The Pittsburgh Steelers are allowing 54 rushing yards per game. They are the 31st team to play against for running backs in fantasy football. Miles Sanders, thanks, but no thanks. I am not starting you this week. And what do we do with Zach Ertz? Are we trying to get rid of him in dynasty leagues? Are we trying to get rid of him as much as possible? Because he is washed. He did not look good against the 49ers last week. And yes, we've been good against the, the tight end as a position in general, but it was a two points two point conversion play on the first on the first touchdown of the game that saved it. Well, I say saved. It was a, a poor fantasy performance, but it would have been even worse had it not been for that two point performance. So, I'm not starting Zach Ertz, and I'm not starting any Eagles pass catchers until Dallas Goddard gets back. And I'm sure James will back me up on that one. So, oh, Pittsburgh, yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers DST, let's roll. Left. They're going to have a field day this week, and I am rushing to start them in as many leagues as possible and for as much of the season as possible because it's a cracking defense there, and they are going to have a field day against this Philadelphia Eagles defense. So, a bit of a strange one to pick for fantasy purposes this matchup, but yeah, Steelers, let's go. Let's let's play uh, Johnson, Juju, and Connor, Ebron as well, but uh, no Eagles for me this week. James, are you in agreement? Or anyone that you're starting there. How about Greg Ward? Are you starting Greg Ward? I've actually dropped Greg Ward in quite a few places. <laughs> and, and ironically, in one place, I picked, I dropped him so that I could pick up the Steelers' defense while they were, as soon as they were ruled out, because someone dropped them. And uh, that felt pretty, that feels pretty good at the moment. Um, so, practicing what you feature. Yeah, I agree with you on all accounts. The, these two teams are both very good against the run. They've both got very strong defensive lines. It's probably their both teams' biggest strength. So you're relying a lot on going through the air. And so I have leagues where I have Juju and Deontay Johnson, mostly because Deontay Johnson was you know rookie pick, taxi squad, and he got picked up into the main squad pretty quickly. So I've got the two of them playing together in some places. Um Call me homeboy if you wish, but um, yeah, home a fan as such. But now nah, that's those two look pretty strong. And Connor's the one I'm a little bit worried about because, say, that defensive line is still quite stout. And while he's not really got much competition, Benny Snell has kind of faded away. Jalen Samuels has almost disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, yeah, I think this is very much going to be a going through the air game. So Connor's the one I'm not quite as bullish on. And, for, and Sanders as well, I kind of agree with, even though I said a few weeks ago that, you know, he's going to be the offense, play him all the time. This is the one you sit in for certain. Yeah, when you look at the Saquon Barkley rushing stats against the Pittsburgh Steelers early on in the season, it is just one to avoid at all costs. Even though Melvin Gordon then did a lot better the next week, it was a bit of a strange one, that one. But um, yeah, still. He was also the wide receiver too for them, wasn't he? 
Yeah. Because this was when the Broncos were so bashed up that he would he had to catch it almost. He almost had to throw it as well. He pretty much had to do everything. <laughs> By the time that team had, had uh, yeah finished the injury report, they'd run out of ink. Exactly. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Since week 15 of the 2017 season, just once has a player rushed for 90 yards or more against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. It just doesn't a hundred yard rusher rusher in Pittsburgh is, is a thing of the past. It just doesn't happen anymore. Well, at least in the last three or four years. Uh, Again, I think it's going to be a sack fest here. I could see eight plus sacks, you know, combined. So four, maybe five uh, per side of the ball. Uh, One guy I'm going to keep my eye on here for uh, not, not seasonal leagues, but maybe in a DFS play or something is a rookie running back for the Steelers, Anthony McFarland Jr. Uh, He looked absolutely electric last week and everyone was like, oh my God, it's Benny Snell looked amazing. He was a huge waiver wire ad a couple weeks ago, Uh, but James Conner is back and I agree with both of you. He's a ticking time bomb. Can he last? Whatever. But uh, excuse me, McFarland looked electric and he did a lot more with his touches than uh, Benny Snell did last weekend. So uh, I think it's a little bit uh, early to say McFarland is now Connor's backup, but it's trending in that direction. Only reason I'm keeping an eye on McFarland Jr. this weekend. And uh, safe to say I'll have him in a in a, uh, a DFS lineup or two, like a big tournament kind of play. So that concludes today's podcast. Chris, thank you so much as ever for taking the time out of your day to join us. It is always a pleasure to have you on. So tell us where we can find you on Twitter and where we can find you on work, please. Yeah, you can find me, uh, the handles at the bottom under my chest here, at Detroit Beastie on Twitter. Uh, bottom of the barrel is out now. Go check it out. My rankings uh, will be live tomorrow, working on them feverishly as we speak. Uh, I, I found it, you know, where I published my rankings on Fantasy Pro on a Tuesday. And then I, it's a, I, I shoot my load a little bit too early there, if that makes any sense, because all week there's practice reports and, and all kinds of things. So I, I'm that's tending to uh, publish my rankings on a Saturday now. So go find me on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. Send me a message. Let's talk about it. James, I can't believe we've gone the whole podcast. We've made a trade in our auction league, a tight end trade. Oh yes. The, um, I, and to be honest, the fact that we made it on Tuesday and it didn't process until Friday messed up my waiver wire a little bit, but I still ended up doing what it was. So effectively this was, and I suppose Chris can preside over this. I've been a big believer in Mo Ali Cox since uh, you know that fir- that 100 plus yard game. So I've traded away Dawson Knox and Mike Gesicki. This is a, and this is a league where you start two tight ends and you can only okay. roster three. So I traded Mo Ali Cox for um, well, I traded away Gesicki and Knox nice. to get Mo Ali Cox, and then I picked up Robert Tonyan off the waivers with my spare. Um, bench spot. So, what's your thoughts? I, I I'm absolutely in love with the Mo Ali Cox Tanya combo you got there. Uh, and it, it's nothing again. I wish you guys would have said what the offer was, and I would have had to decide who it was because uh, I, I I'm a big Mo Ali Cox guy. I added him in my 14 team IDP Dynasty League that I play in, and I actually I have a friend who uh, takes pictures for sports cards and and does video for the Colts. And he said this past week, uh, Mo Ali Cox was an absolute monster on the practice field, just going up and taking balls away from, from the cornerbacks and the safeties and all that. So uh, I'm just hoping that they can get and 
they, the Colts, get this kid more involved here. So uh, I, I like the the idea of Knox and Gasecki, but Gasecki isn't a play for me this weekend. He's got a, a tough matchup. And Tanyan, uh, after that, that three-touchdown game in Green Bay, is that sustainable? Is it a thing? I know in the past we've seen uh, Aaron Rodgers, when, when he trusts a guy and he hones in on a guy, you can count on that person for fantasy production. So uh, I'm going to say Mo Ali Cox and Tanyan by a hair here. So just to give a little bit of context to try and uh, sway you back, Chris. So like we said, it's a two tight end league where you can only roster three. Yeah. In week one, I started Blake Jarwin, lost him for the season. Oof. Week two, I played CJ Uzuma, lost him for the season. Gone, yeah. Week four, played OJ Howard, lost him for the season. So I Don't been... start a tight end this week. For the <laughs> sake of got Jordan Reed in week three. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. you had Jordan go down with uh, yeah. So I have been absolutely ravaged at the tight end position. So and why I've made this trade for uh, two. Yeah, ends. and this is the other reason why I really wanted to trade because I have Mo Ali Cox in a lot of places, and I've been dropping Mike Kosicki everywhere. So I really wanted to get Mo Ali Cox out of the danger zone, which <laughs> which is those Smart. tight end spot in this league. Uh, put in Mike Kosicki so that I feel better about dropping him and also get Mo Ali Cox out of there while I can so that he survives in all my other leagues. <laughs> well, I, uh, Dawson Knox is in my, my DFS article this weekend. I might have to make an amendment and take him out <laughs> if, if he's going to be starting on your team this week and you're going to make us all look silly, David. Yeah, sorry. Um, I, I will have to now start posting on Twitter which tight end I'm going to start in this league because seemingly, <laughs> seemingly I am cursed just to, uh, to just let everybody know. So, uh, yeah, James, where can we find you on Twitter? As always, at NFL Hype Train. Um, the article, say, the uh, let's just say the Hype Train station uh, didn't have the greatest success on Thursday night. Um, put it this way every train that I may have advised taking didn't exactly leave the station, Scotty Manella. Oh. So, um, so yeah, yeah, if you ignore this week, just um, we'll come back to that. But yeah, as always, I'm at NFL Hype Train. Toot toot. Two, two, indeed. Uh, I've been David Davenport. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Make sure you head over to our Twitter at F10Y Fantasy because we will have your starts and sits. We will have your rankings. We will have the injury report. We will have your DFS content as well. So make sure you head over to Twitter to check it all out. So that's today's show. Chris, once again, massive thank you for coming on. Uh, we will see you back very soon. It's been too long. I don't think we've had you for an in-season podcast yet. It was all pre-season, so um, we will be getting you back. My full 10 yards t-shirt should be here any day now, boys, and I'm going to have it on. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I can't wait to see that. So that has been it. Head over to our Twitter. Make sure you follow us. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. been listening to the full 10 yards fantasy podcast you can find us on twitter at f10y fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your american football needs from nfl general fantasy football college football and even brit ball thanks for listening and remember folks keep those eyes peeled